Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. I want to talk today about three levels of relationship and specifically with some of the situations going on in the world. And, and uh, you know, the Bible says nothing is new under the sun. And it doesn't matter what situation we will be hit with in the next seasons of life, nothing is new under the sun. Even though uh, maybe there's a temptation to panic and fear and, and there'll be wars and rumours of wars. And we can be assured that that will not end until Jesus returns even though there may be seemingly peace in certain uh, areas, even in the Middle East. I know there's not complete peace, but uh, there will be wars and rumours of wars. These things will keep going on. And uh, with our instant media uh, uh, focus these days and information being fed to us so fast and so rapidly, we can, we can fall into this trap of thinking that it's worse now than it's ever been in history. But just look a little bit back to history. And the bushfires was a good example. I don't know if any of you follow Craig Kelly as an MP in Parliament. I know he's controversial and he said some random things. But typically people who are controversial do say very random things sometimes. But we're not to write them off. Pauline Hansen's like that. The media hate her because she does say some very strong random things sometimes. And, and we just want to write people like that off. But sometimes there's an element of truth that cuts through. So listen out for that. And so if we look at history, we can see that there's, there have been incredible, incredible, I'll give you an example, plagues that have wiped out hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, but because it wasn't, there, there wasn't uh, news outlets to tell us of what's going on, and some people in Africa wouldn't have even known what's going on in Europe or vice versa. And so we've got to remember that just because it's louder nowadays, it doesn't mean it's worse. I often think back to, you know, when we think of perhaps we're, we're getting persecuted for standing up for the truth. And I, I think of Martin Luther and I think, how did that dude stay sane? Because he started a movement against Catholicism, which was the predominant faith of the day all over Europe. And here he is this, and he was random. I mean, he was, he was a randomite saying that you don't have to uh, just go to the priests anymore to have your sins absolved. You don't have to do everything via another man. You can have direct access through Jesus Christ to the Father and you can be justified by faith and faith alone, you don't have to do any of this other stuff. And this was absolutely anti what was known as Christianity for hundreds and hundreds of years. And so here's this man. And, and I often wonder, how did he do it? And there's been plenty of others, men and women who have stood throughout history. And I think today I want to explore how they did it by looking at three levels of relationship. And I want to start by... Um, I'm going to read from John chapter 17, 22 and 23. John chapter 17, 22 and 23. And it says, The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. This is Jesus' words. The glory that you have given me, Father, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me. 
that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. This is a very intimate prayer. Jesus was intimate with the Father, and this was his source of inspiration. This was his source of power. This was his source of words of encouragement. Even when he was frustrated with the people around him, when he even didn't want to go to the cross, he went to the Father in intimacy and said, Father, I need your strength. Even Jesus needed input from the Father. And so what we can see here is a level of intimacy that is rare. It's rare in this day and age. We have a danger in this day and age of having a level of relationship that is what today I want to call second person. Not first person, second person. And then we have an even worse danger, which maybe into the future will be called Christianity, but it isn't Christianity at all. It's called, and I want to call it third person. So let's explore those a little bit. First person, as we know, you good English students will know that first person is when we uh, refer to things like I and me. It's very, very personal. And so we can talk from experience and we can talk from our reference point and our personal knowledge. It's direct. I believe this is the relationship that we need as believers to hear from God directly. It's great that you're here today and it's great that you're hearing from me, but it will never satisfy that need in you and in me to hear directly from Jesus. We have a Father and He's personal and He's relational and He wants to speak to you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to build you up. And this is how great men and women like Martin Luther have stood against incredible persecution. I refer to Martin Luther because I often think back to someone like that because sometimes when God moves, chaos prevails. Ever notice that? You might have noticed it to a small degree in your life. When God speaks to you and tells you to do something, chaos breaks out. Things just begin to happen and it's like, hang on, what on earth were you asking me to do if everything's just falling apart around me? Or where's the great prophet now giving me those words? You know, where, where was that word of encouragement? Well, we needed the word of encouragement to get through the chaos. And so oftentimes we'll see that we need that direct word from God strong enough so that we hang on, so that it didn't just come secondhand through someone else. That's the second person. And they can be good, but they will be to encourage us They will be to keep building us up, but they'll never be as good as the direct voice of the Lord. We needed the direct voice of the Lord to to go into ministry because in business, it's it's a lot easier in some ways. Yeah, you can lose everything and and it's tough, but it's not publicly the same way. It's different. And so I know, and I've told the story when Karen before me heard the voice of the Lord calling us into ministry and I, I, I said, no. No, I don't want that. I don't want that. And so I spent some time fasting and praying and getting alone with God. And I remember hearing His voice. It was very small. It was very quiet. Almost could miss it, but it was enough for me to hang on. And we've needed that over the years to hang on. And there is nothing like hearing the voice of the Lord for yourself. I want to encourage you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to give you a career path. He wants to give you a qualification. He wants to give you a specialty. But you need to get with Him to hear His voice so that you know what that is. 
So many people meander throughout life and they never take the discipline, which is one of the fruits of the Spirit. If we say we're filled with the Spirit, we should be evidencing the fruit of the Spirit to get with Him alone and hear His voice. Let me guarantee you, He wants to speak to you. He wants to encourage you through other means as well, through podcasts and other believers. And to be honest, I believe we need those things. We need those things, but they are secondary. They're secondary. The first thing is get with Jesus. Get with the Father. Allow Him to speak to you. And it's a very, very powerful thing. A couple of things we can do when we're talking about first-person relationship with the Father is things like praying in tongues. It's one of those funny things, praying in tongues. When I'm praying of a morning, I often pray in tongues just to warm up my engine. Any of you need an engine warm up when you begin praying in the morning, especially if it's cold. That's the worst mornings and it's still dark. They're even worse. And it's getting darker every morning now, isn't it? It's hard work. But... When we do it, sometimes we need something just to get, some of you may be use worship or you, you use other, other ways of just sort of getting into the presence of God. And I often pray in tongues for a while. And after sort of five minutes of that, sometimes I think, wow, I don't even know what I've said. I don't even know what I've done. But the Bible says, even though our head doesn't know, our spirit knows. And we're edifying our spirit when we pray in tongues. We're edifying and He's interceding for us. He knows what it means. And so it bypasses the head. It's one of those things that that we'll never really be able to fully categorise, but the Bible does. And He says, do it. Paul says, I pray in tongues more than all of you. It must have been a pretty good thing if Paul did it. And so praying in tongues, we enter the spirit realm. We're not in the soul realm anymore or the flesh realm because if you're like me, you actually want to know, what are those words saying? Well, you'll probably never know unless someone with the gift of interpretation happens to overhear you and they can interpret for you. But it's one of those things that praying in the spirit starts up our engine and it's a gift from the Father to us that we can engage in first person relationship. Second person is, is a relationship that um, is helpful, but ultimately it won't take us to the same place as first person. It's helpful. It's encouraging. We need second person relationships so we might hear the Word of God and we'll understand it and we'll be around people and we'll, we'll be edified by that, but it will never get us to the place of intimacy that first person will. I would have to say that most of us, including, including maybe mostly me, fall into the trap of thinking that a second person relationship with Jesus is good enough for my whole life. It's not. The Father wants direct access to your heart and to my heart. And I think that there's times when He's just wanting to share wisdom with us where he's wanting to give us answers but we're too busy in second person listening to a podcast or listening to someone else ramble on or watching someone else succeed in their lives and their career and their ministry Uh, and all the while he's standing there saying I want to give it to you I want to hand you the bread it's not going to come through someone else because you've got an anointing that looks like you it doesn't look like that person You've got gifting that is specific to you and only you have that call, not anyone else. It doesn't look any good on that other person. It only looks good on you. So what are you waiting for? The Father's waiting just to give you manna, give you that anointing, give you that voice. And all we have to do is sometimes discipline ourselves or get away from the noise, get away from the rat race and say, okay, a second person relationship is not going to cut it for me anymore. 
It's not going to cut. I've lived my whole life in Christianity in a second person relationship, listening to other people, watching other people, even reading the Word in a second person relationship. It's not enough anymore. I'm going to go to first person. I'm gonna, it's a vulnerable place because it means we're actually going to a place where He will speak. And sometimes when He speaks, it's not the words that we want to hear. Because when He says, come to me and drink, all who are thirsty, and when we actually drink, He comes and brings righteousness. He comes and brings sanctification. He comes and brings cleansing and purification and holiness. And He brings things that we might not be ready for. And I've even experienced this this year. I mean, I've been praying for, for years. Lord, take me deeper and, and do this and do that. And in second person prayers, and then He does it. And He does it in ways we don't expect. And it just shakes the bushes a little bit. And then... We have to face the fact that, okay, the Lord is moving, not in nice, comfortable ways that I was wanting, but He's doing it. And so He shapes us in His ways, not in my ways. And it's better than we can do in and of ourselves. Third person relationship is dangerous ground. If, if we as believers have a relationship with Jesus, have a Christianity that is in third person that I fear a whole bracket of Christianity in the West has. And this is what Martin Luther was coming against, coming against 500 years ago saying, you can't, you can't get to heaven just because you give priests money to absolve your sin. That's not in Scripture. It's not in writing, but you can be justified by your faith and faith alone. And you can come to the Father, direct access and be forgiven of your sin. That's the Gospel. The Gospel is personal. It's not through some organisation. And as much as we have an organisation and the law of the land requires so much of that these days, the danger is that we start getting thinking that joining an organisation is access to heaven and it's not. It is all about our heart. Where do we stand with Jesus face to face? No one else, no, no worship, no nothing, no anointing, no synthesizer, nothing, nothing. Face to face with Jesus Christ, where do you stand? Do you know Him? Do you love Him? Do you hear His voice? Do you get alone with Him? This is all the stuff that I have to keep reminding myself because a third person relationship will not cut it. It will not cut it. And you can be a member of any club, but it won't get you to heaven. The only relationship that will is with Jesus Christ. Even if you've got good morals, even if you work for a humanitarian organisation and do incredible things, it will not get you to heaven. Because there's so many people of great causes now and there's leaders all around the world that support incredible movements, but they will not get you to heaven. Because, and I need to repeat this because in a, in a setting of modern day society, sometimes we can watch a five minute clip where people are doing incredible things in Africa or India and, and they are, they're amazing things. And you put music to that and you put some nice words to it and some eloquent speakers and you can begin to think that, wow, surely that's enough for them to be accepted by Christ. Look what they're doing. They're doing incredible things and the music makes my emotions get lifted. And I feel so good when I watch that. no. It's not enough. Only Jesus Christ can save us as humans. Third person. The danger, I believe, in the future is that people will call third person relationships enough to get into heaven and they're not. 
We will begin to be manipulated. We will begin to be so softened in our emotions because that's how we live now. It's all about feelings. If you feel like a, a boy and you're a girl, you're allowed to call yourself that. It's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. And so we need to know what is wrong and what is right. And we need to know where we stand because third person Christians are more dangerous than non-Christians. The Bible talks about it. If you're lukewarm, you're a second or third person Christian. And, and Jesus is going to spit them out of his mouth. I know this is not a Joel Osteen sermon today. I'm going to listen to a bit of Joel this week and just top up on the grin and the positivity. Believe me, I love Joel Osteen. I need a little bit of Joel every now and then just to keep me sane. But I'm telling you, I fear that when a generation from a third person relationship with the Father calls that Christianity, I'm telling you, then we've lost the plot. And we're in second person mode now. And maybe third person's not that far away because this next generation need to know who they are and whose they are. Because a nice Instagram five minute clip with music attached to it and a great you know, social uh, cause, uh, even one that sounds good, is not the gospel. It is not the gospel. No matter how loud it is, no matter how much it pricks our emotions, the gospel and a relationship with Jesus is deeper than that. It is deeper than that. And so when we feed ourselves, listen to the words of Jesus in John 14, verse 6. Jesus answered them, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is only one gate into heaven. There is only one way. And, and I say this because some people begin to think, and, and, and this will happen more and more as Jesus' return begins. Uh, it, it comes. That people will call Christianity certain things and it's not Christianity. People, and, and I believe that people will do this on the basis of their feelings, not on the basis of the Word of God. Because there's certain religions that do incredible things and it feels good. It feels good. They're compassionate works. They're incredible things. But it will not get them to heaven. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. This is the words of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And if you are here today and you do not know Jesus Christ, then unfortunately right now as you sit, you do not get a ticket to heaven. You do not get access to the Father. And you might say, that's a harsh message. No, it's not. Because the good thing is this. There's a free ticket for you waiting. It's a free ticket. It's called the grace of the Father, the grace of God, the gospel. And all we have to do is say, Jesus, wash me of my sin. I believe you died for my sin and you rose again. And I want you in my life. I want to live for you. It's as simple as that. And you can do it even as you sit there right now. It's a heart thing. See, sometimes via a second person or third person thing, we think as the church that as long as people come down the front and we tick 12 people off and we put that on our website and say 12 people got saved today, see, it's second person, second person. The real issue is, did you give your heart to Jesus? This is the real issue. Of course, there's nothing wrong with celebrating salvations. We do it all the time and, and we love that. But if that's the motivation, it's second person or even worse, third person. 
So it's, it's about you and it's about me getting close with the Father, hearing His voice. And I believe this is the key to revival. And we've been in, as you know, many of you have, we've been in more revival meetings than we can poke a stick at or we can wave a flag at. And we love it. We love the presence of God. And, and we will see seasons of God come again where His Spirit moves and there'll be chaos. And I will be uncomfortable and I want to control the whole show and that's just my humanity and, you know, bear with me. But half of you will too. Believe me, God always does it. He rocks us, He surprises us and we've been praying, God, send revival and He does and we go, ooh, can you, can you give us the good parts? <laughs> But this is what happens. God moves and chaos ensues. And this is what He wants to do in our lives personally. He wants to speak to us. And when believers get with Jesus one-on-one, -on -one, and when we hear His voice, revival breaks forth. Maybe personally, which I believe is some of the greatest revival that's ever happened throughout history is when people personally encounter Jesus and they are revived, they are awakened. And all of a sudden, Scripture becomes exciting to read because it's not because someone's telling us to, second person, it's because He's drawing us in, first person. There is so much power in having that first person direct relationship. I, I, I look back over my years and uh, and. You know, I can think of a lot of time when I sway into second person. I sway into third person. And they're the distant seasons with the Lord, the distant seasons. But then, then when I finally swing back into first person, that's when I'm like, ah, oh, that's right. This is what it's like. This is what it's like. Because His burden is light. If our, our time with the Lord is hard and annoying and frustrating, and we don't even want to go there, then we're in second person or probably in third person. But if we're truly in first person, even though it may take a little bit when the alarm goes off, it's hard and it's getting colder. There's something more about it where we're like, okay, I'm actually looking forward to hearing what he's going to say. I'm actually looking forward to speaking in tongues and praying because I know that that edifies my spirit and, and something's happening. Something's happening. Something's going on. I want to share an encouragement with you. Get more into first person with Jesus. I want to do that myself. More into first person with Jesus. Don't, don't just rely on the podcast. Don't just rely on, you know, Audible and other things. Don't just, they're good. They're amazing. We need those things and they help. They're like the bolstering ranks, but they're not the commander in chief. They're not the commander-in-chief giving us our orders, giving us our words of affirmation, giving us our words of what to do. I believe there are answers to many of our solutions and they're only a half an hour away tomorrow morning. But we need to have direct access to Jesus. How long has it been since we've got direct voice from our commander? from our Saviour? How long has it been before we've really given Him an hour of our time, shut out the whole rest of the world and say, all right, Lord, revive me, revive me. You might be praying for all sorts of things and this is something that I've really taken on this year in a, in a fresh new way. Lord, I could pray for a whole lot of things, but you've got to deal with me first. You've got to deal with me first. Get the planks out of my own eye. Get, get the issues out of my life. And, and he, he is good on that word, believe me. He's good on it. 
So be careful if you're serious. Be careful if you pray it. Because the Father actually wants us to a place where we've never been before. Even as a church, He wants to take us to a new place. He wants to stretch us. And He wants to do good things in our lives, but He needs our heart. He needs our heart. You can't do it with your head. He needs our heart. And then He'll transform our head. But it normally travels upwards. And so I want to encourage you today. Maybe you jot it down in your phone or maybe you just make mental note that it is no longer okay for me to have a second person relationship. It is no longer okay for me to just listen to the words of other people and think that that's fulfilling my life with the Lord. And this doesn't matter whether you're in ministry. It doesn't matter whether you're called to any certain ministry area whatsoever. This is called being a human being, believing in Jesus Christ. It's called being a Christian, being a believer. Every believer has direct access to the Father. You don't need anyone else to get that voice. And I believe that it's His desire, even in times like this, in seasons when we're like this, we can have complete peace in the storm. See, Peter, when he, up until the time when he denied Christ, he was living second person. He was, he was around Jesus, but he really didn't believe. And then when he was tested, the point where he was tested and denied Jesus was the, was the point where then he, after that, he was crushed. But do you know what? He was crushed into being a first-person relationship with Jesus. Sometimes through the breaking and the shaking and the chaos and the crushing, that's what the Father will use to take us into first person. That's what the Father will use to draw us in. Why? Because second person, He doesn't like. Lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. It's, it's, it's not words of loving kindness and just your feelings will get hurt. You know, He cares more about you than your feelings. He cares more about your heart, your life, your potential, your calling, what He's got you here on earth for, just about what you feel or what you think or what feels nice. Because His truth is more powerful than anything else in the world. His truth, His Word. And that's what we as believers want to live on. And that's what Paul talked about. I want to give you meat. Stop living on milk all the time because dairy is bad for your health anyway. But <laughs> stop, stop living on milk all the time. What he's saying is stop being second persons all the time. Stop living that little distant away. I want to take you into the meat, into the heavy stuff, the good stuff. I want to give you those first person voices intimately. He desires this with you. Some of you have thought that it's only for other people. No, it's for you. It's for you. And when you begin hearing the voice of the Lord, you come alive because you don't need to rely on anyone else anymore. You become a believer. You become a reviver. You become an awakened believer to the truth of the gospel. And this is what happened in the Protestant Reformation. It's why it was so chaotic is so many people began to read Scripture in their own, initially in German, in their own language. And they're like, no way. This is what it says about us. We can heal the sick. We can raise the dead. We can believe in Jesus ourselves and we don't need to do all this stuff and, and have smoke and mirrors and all this fancy stuff, which is, you know, it's fine and rah, rah, rah. But ultimately it's about a relationship and there was an awakening across Europe and then across the world of direct first-person relationship with Jesus. And this is what happens 
when we as believers get awakened to the truth that really lies within us, within you. You don't need to wait for anyone else. You don't need to wait for a prophetic word. You don't need to wait for anything else to become an awakened believer. You just need His voice. And it's fully accessible. Let's stand this morning. Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. And let's just lift our hands and get in first person with Jesus for a minute. And um, just begin to freshly ask Him to awaken your spirit. And I pray this over myself. Awaken our spirits today, Lord. Awaken us that we may hear your voice, that you would give us those solutions to all the problems and issues in our lives, Lord, that you would speak. You would speak peace in the storms, that you would lead us and guide us as your people. Lord, we do ask that you would come and awaken our region. Come and awaken us. Awaken us. Get rid of the planks out of our eyes. Remove them that we may see clearly what you're calling us to, what you're asking us to. Lord, I pray that you would awaken a generation that we are all part of. Holy Spirit, come even this morning with a fresh revelation of that intimacy with you and how much it costs you, but how much it is worth to us. Holy Spirit, come. Fill us afresh with that joy. Fill us afresh with that excitement of time with you, of your voice, of, your, of that relationship with you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we ask that you would this week stir us to a fresh place with you, that we would be a people group that would be so engaged personally with you, Lord, that personally we would be being revived each week, being revived. And when we're around other people, they are feeding off us. We're not waiting for anyone else. We are the feeders. We are the awakened ones. You may say, oh, I'm not charismatic. I'm not Pentecostal. It doesn't matter. If you get with Jesus, He will motivate you. So Jesus, we don't wait for a, a move to come and move us. We want to be moved by you. And even though we might be in a, a valley globally, maybe spiritually, there's a valley right now. It's, it's not like it was 20 years ago. You haven't changed. Your power is exactly the same. Your presence is all over the earth in exactly the same measure. So we give ourselves to you afresh this week. And Lord, I ask that you would challenge us as a people, me included, that you would take us as a church family into deeper waters, into deeper waters. Lord, you would take us into deeper awareness of you, that you would take us into your presence, into your word, and that we would be a people that shake heaven. We would be a people that stir other people. No longer would we just wait for other people to do it but you would call us and that you would stir us. I pray for an awakening at Harvest Church.